is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am a proud thought criminal. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from the beautiful, even in the winter, Columbia River Gorge, I'm Andrew Hoffman. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful area down there. So uh, here we go. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get the uh, let let's let the cat out of the bag. Are you ready? Hold on to your chair. Hold on to your hat. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Take a deep breath. Q was a psychological operation. To to keep people from... Doing anything. Doing anything? Wow. Uh, Who saw that coming? Nothing can stop what is coming. (laughs) Which apparently Which is, apparently is the, is the Joe Biden administration. Is a takeover by the Chinese-backed Manchurian candidate, I would say on steroids, but on Alzheimer's medication? <laughs> Uppers to help him get through a speech? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> on a lighter note, somebody had some post earlier, and it was just like them dying on some MSNBC clip. I should probably find it. Um, but he just says, but what we have to, about the pandemic, we have to remember. Sometimes it's hard to remember. (laughs) 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 People are just dying. (laughs) I I I thought you were going to talk about how the set was like Joe Biden's arms stretched out around America. Oh, (laughs) Is that a real? Is that a real clip? That's a real clip. As part of a montage, uh, Tucker had on his show tonight. Mm. A long, a long. I, I don't know how you watch Tucker. I don't know how you watch any news today. I turned on C-SPAN. I put the uh, the C-SPAN on from about <clears throat> we'll call it eight forty to nine ten, somewhere in there, about about thirty minutes, and it was like. I had it on on my headphones and was kind of listening to it and would check the screen on occasion. But uh, yeah, listen to listen to the swearing in uh, as we wait as I waited with bated breath for the military to arrest <laughs> everyone and uh, take them below decks. The Marines were guarding the underground tunnels and. Uh, they were going to take all the perpetrators because that's what, you know, the, the crime had been committed, uh, been finished up. So then they were going to take them all down below where Sidney Powell was in charge. And uh, she was going to begin the military tribunals and uh, hopefully executions. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to miss that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I tuned in. Yeah. And uh, weirdest thing happened. Uh, I just saw an old man with dementia with a crackhead son and a lot of problems uh, with uh, China in uh, previous uh, uh, 
business dealings in Ukraine, as well as a lot of public events of sniffing, uh, gets sworn in <laughs> yeah. to the most powerful seat in the world. I mean, it's debatable at this point. I mean, I feel like G's chair. It's yeah. Well, if you control the most powerful seat in the world, don't you have the most powerful seat in the world? Correct. And uh, Hunter Biden was there. It was great to see him on stage. I, I often over-exaggerate things or try to emphasize a point as a way of speaking. However, I actually felt ill when I saw Hunter Biden on the stage. Because that man, I've watched on camera, smoke crack while getting some sort of a sexual act done to him. And be in the same room as his naked, or excuse me, almost naked niece. All Four, proven. 14-year-old niece. All 100% true. Yeah, And that dude was on the stage today, you know. Just uh, yucking it up with the uh, the Clintons. We're wearing purple, by the way. Okay. Uh, Dr. Yeah. Doctor Jill O'Biden. Doctor Jill. Doctor Jill. If we call her, if we're gonna call her Doctor for four years, I'm gonna lose it. Uh, also <laughs> wearing purple, and uh, a couple other people. Uh, Lady Gaga did the ceremonies just to throw it in everyone's face. Also, Lady Gaga, not provable. But more than likely on the laptop in the same photos with naked uh, Hunter. Um, they even threw up Tom Hanks. It's so it's a shame that there's a lot of people out there, and mainly the people who are being empowered to speak up, like, hey, we're awesome. We actually toppled the dictator. We're the coolest. We're still left on Twitter. Isn't this awesome? That they actually are missing some of the pretty insane stuff that's happening in that the QAnon thing was pumped up, puffed up, that something was going to happen, gave proof to millions that the elite were extremely corrupt, and then it turned out to be nothing and those same so-called elite were paraded out in front of you to do the inauguration. I have never seen anything so perfectly crafted to incite hatred and violence as this. Yeah. Yeah. Like the post we talked about last week, I think that was, that was pretty accurate. Uh, a couple things, um, from what you mentioned there, we had talked, we had talked about Hillary and bill. This was right after the 2016 election. And Hillary, shows up wearing purple and Bill Clinton had a purple tie and we're kind of like, what, you know, what's up with that? And our speculation was that it was a, uh, George Soros, uh, color revolution kickoff. And I think, you know, the supposed reason is, Oh, purple because it's blue and red together. And this is, our show of bipartisan unity. Um, I think they're rubbing it in our face that it's just uh, the Soros uh, color revolution is complete. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I was listening to Gons earlier, or saw Gons's tweet from uh, Canary Cry Radio mentioning the kind of satanic, uh, possible satanic symbolism of the purple 
But uh, I think what you just said is Occam's razor makes the most sense. This is the the culmination of the color revolution within our own country. Yeah. But uh, here's the here's uh, the, also uh, Lady Gaga <laughs> dressed herself as the character she played in the or in the Hunger Games. She didn't wasn't in the Hunger Games. That was a different person. Or um, you're you are correct. <laughs> but yeah. they're but the character from the Hunger Games. Yeah. I, as soon as I saw her, that's the first thing I thought to myself. The first thing with the big gold thing right there on her on her on her chest. The big it, lo- yeah. it looked like a mockingjay. It was the first thing that popped in my head. And then, you know, later I hit Twitter or a couple other places and everybody else, you know, was kind of saying the same thing. Because like I think it was that obvious. Well, because the the whole thing with the Hunger Games is that there is um, a country split up into, you know, Pan Am, yep. s- split up into 10 FEMA regions. I mean, um, whatever they <laughs> call them, uh, provinces. Um, and then there's the capital and all the, you know, political elites and the, the favored class are in the capital. And there's decadence and everything there and everyone else is basically starving to death and then they just to keep everyone uh reminded of um how bad they are because they once rebelled against uh their leaders they they select a kid from each of the i'm i'm saying province it's it's not province i forget what it is um to fight each other to the death. That's the that's how the Hunger Games work. So, you know. So from Forbes, Lady Gaga trends on social media for Hunger Games style attire at Biden inauguration. Yeah. So the you know, jokingly I posted on No Agenda Social a few days ago, um, the Hunger Games wasn't supposed to be an instruction instruction manual you know because that's the the running meme or joke from 1984 yeah uh but i I think they're going hunger games district districts yes that's right yeah yeah i mean that's uh That was it. That this is it's it's hard to believe we are in a movie. Uh, get your popcorn ready, sit back and enjoy the show. We, you know, you, nothing can stop what is coming. Which you apparently can call was... him, you can call him Snow Biden. <laughs> well, yeah, let's wrap up the the Trump administration with a lack of pardons. Oh, there were plenty of pardons. Of corrupt former politicians and uh, rappers and what have you, but no pardon for Assange, no, no pardon, pardon for Snowden, no pardon for was it Ulbricht? Who's the yeah? So sad. I mean, which to me just shows. I you know. 
either Trump was more compromised than I thought, which I thought he was fairly compromised, or just so selfish that he's only thinking about his own, you know, the political optics and Mitch McConnell doesn't want me to and I don't want him to to convict me, which that was the biggest bluff from McConnell, the messaging that there were enough votes to convict him if if uh, Trump pardoned Assange. Did you hear that story? No. Yeah, that's the that's the story is that McConnell sent the message to Trump one way or the other that if you pardon Assange, uh, you're getting convicted, which would mean he would never be able to to run for office again. But there there is zero percent chance of that happening. If if he had pardoned Assange the backlash against the GOP senators that would have had to vote to convict him over the stupid capital thing that everyone, you know, <laughs> the Republican base knows is a fraud. Um, no, no Republican senator would have voted to convict him other than maybe, you know, Murkowski, if she wanted to swap to the Democrat party anyway. Right. So it was a, obvious bluff i think it was just an excuse that was put out i don't know the real reason why i didn't do it but very sad i, I still think sad the exclamation gigabyte, point. i still think the 88 gigabyte insurance file that's out there on twitter and other places with the uh the dead man switch the key the, the encrypted key I still think that plays a role. I don't know what that role is, but I th- still think that's a heavy part of Assange's poor, you know, poor Assange's demise or his current situation. No matter I what, he just can't release they, they, it. Yeah, and they kill him. I mean, it's a standoff. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Do you have one example? I hear all this dead man switch, dead man switch stuff. Is there one example of the dead man switch actually getting crazy information out there? No. I don't. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's... I'm not saying it's not real, it's just... I don't know. Does he more good if you're still alive, I think. Which he is, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or split it into two and and say, here's the key to the first half. If you want, <laughs> I want a pardon. Yeah. But, did you see the Kim.com uh, tweet? I did not. He said that someone from the Trump administration reached out to him to see if he wanted a pardon. And he said, he said, uh, if you're not going to pardon Assange, don't pardon me. So. Wow. Could be baloney (laughs) also, but you know, I, I don't know. I, 
It's kind of funny. The very front. So I just went to Kim.com, like literally Kim.com. Um, and on his front page of his website, about the third or fourth thing down, Seth Rich was a hero. I know Seth Rich was involved in the DNC leak. He mm-hmm. wanted to change stuff from the inside. The Rich families reached out to me to ask if I would be sensitive to their loss in public comments. I consulted my lawyers. I accept full statements, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a picture of Trump, like, pumping his fist next to it. Yeah. Huh. I haven't seen... I guess it makes sense, Kim.com. <laughs> He's a character, man. Oh, no, he is. He's like, we've talked about him on this show before. Oh, yeah. We've we've had a lot of different thoughts on him. So, anyway, yeah, moving forward, the the Hunger Games presentation was interesting. Uh, You know, Biden called for unity. And did did the National Guard, so a couple things. Did the National Guard really turn their backs on him when he drove by? Or were they ordered to look at the people that were outside the gate? I thought that was a weird thing. Like, look, they turned their backs. And then other people are saying, well, there's people outside the fence. They're supposed to be looking in that direction. I don't know. Well, I, I watched, um, zero minutes of it. Okay. Um, I'm just, you know, getting it all from the, the memes, you know, this is the, the silver lining of our culture. You don't have to pay attention to anything. People just put it into a, a meme form and you can get your information that way. Somewhat joking. Right. Uh, so that's where I saw the, the lady Gaga pictures and, and that stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know one way or the other, but I, the 60,000 troops, uh, which is what it ended up being. It was well. I don't know. What, what's your take? My my take is they're trying to backfill the story of January sixth being the most horrendous thing ever, right? And so uh, it's kind of like um, using Twitter banning a story as evidence for it not being true. Like, well, tr- Twitter banned it, so clearly it was wrong. Um, like, well, there's 60,000 troops, so clearly the evil Trump supporters were probably going to try to attack again today, even though zero credible threats, nothing happened there. Some stuff happened in Seattle and Portland with Antifa rioting again today, like literally today, today, Today. probably still going as we speak. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but I, you know, clearly they knew that, right? I mean, that this was not a, a genuine, like, we think we need 60,000 troops in Washington, D.C. to keep Joe Biden safe. Um, so the, you have to, if, if that's not the reason, then what is the reason? You know, my, my take is to... Um, Again, to hype the January 6th thing and also to create this illusion that uh, Joe Biden is the most important person in the world. And they did 
they did this with uh, Obama. They talked about, uh, you know, potential assassinations. Not very much, though. But for uh, the Trump inauguration, they were floating stories about, uh, you know, nuclear bombs going off. Yep. And mass casualty events. That was done so that people wouldn't show up, right? I mean, yep. he tried to scare people into not showing up, and then Trump says he has a bigger crowd than Obama, and he's yep. a liar, you know. Yep. And then, the, yeah, the, there was a, the whole, like, first month was arguments about how big the crowd was. Yeah. It's just... Uh, but the, but this... Um, they never mentioned the fact that they had hyped up uh, terror attacks and everything else, and uh, that it was a horribly dangerous place to be. That was never mentioned in the equation after Inauguration Day. So what, what's your take on it? Is it a, is it a message? Is it like, uh, look, Americans, stay in line or we'll send 60,000 troops to your city? I think the plan is laid out long ago. This is, you know, kind of the roots of the show, the roots of our belief system. I think the plans laid out long ago and they had to call some audibles along the way because America didn't fall for stuff as hard as they'd hoped. I think we were all still supposed to be locked down with coronavirus, that we were still going to be, you know, so scared and in our houses. Um, and I think that the uh, the January 6th thing was, go, was supposed to go off a lot worse than it did. I think that, you know, they were hoping that, that people would really storm the Capitol and want blood and get in there and 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 cause a huge mess so that they could make an ordeal about it. I mean, you, you can tell that just by the fact that days, days after the, the, you know, it's like the eighth, the ninth, another person has died. I mean, really? Another, how did you find another person that has died? Anyway, my point is, I think that that they had laid, you know, Soros, Clinton's color revolution plan. These, these things were all laid out in advance. And I think the American people outsmarted them at a couple points. One of them was that we weren't going to stay locked up, to, you know, as long as they wanted us to. And the other one was that there was actually people there in D.C. who didn't want blood, who wanted a peaceful protest. And they weren't just going to go along with any Antifa baloney that got started up. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's videos of people pulling back the people that are trying to break windows. There's people, there's video of guys screaming at the Capitol police like why aren't you calling for backup why are you why are you letting this happen um yeah all this has to happen it has to happen fast and be become you know kind of like 9/11 the myth of January 6th relatively quickly and then it, it's going to be, um, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. If any of the stuff that you saw with your own two eyes, uh, you claim, you know, anyone who was there, uh, you know, first it was the, the rioters, then it was people who entered the Capitol, and now it's just anyone who's there should probably be fired from your job. You should probably, you know, never be allowed to work again. You should probably be locked up. And which is a horrible precedent to be set. I mean, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. 
so it, are there any other purposes to it you think um, no no like i said i think it's left over they want they they really want to beat that point into us that the six was super dangerous mm-hmm. so that that's what we're 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 having to do but uh, i don't know man i i the 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 <laughs> I'm at a loss of words, man. One of the things that's been bothering me about this last week, especially, is that these people name themselves the anti-fascists or the people that are against fascism, but nothing says anti-fascist <laughs> like an deba- a debated election. In an extreme military presence for the swearing in of mm-hmm. the new leader. Like, everything is doublethink. Everything. Everywhere you look, it's cognitive dissonance. So, I I don't know. I mean, I, I just... I, I, you know, we were talking about this before we started the show. I'm kind of in a bad mood. And I feel like a lot of this last year has been a complete demoralization campaign. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that adds to it. Maybe you're adding to the demoralization. There's nothing you can do about it. Watch this. We're going to steal your election. Maybe they really, maybe they sat back and they drew this thing up and they said, man, if we really do steal this election like this from this many people when he so clearly won, we might have to set up like the military. But then not have the military have clips, like not have. Um, right, because you don't trust them because they're a bunch of them are Trump supporters. <laughs> it's yes. like, what, what is going on? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, that's. But I knew. And, you know, I. I told you this before and. Um, with with other people as well. Like, nothing was going to happen today. You know, this was all about hyping up today, trying to get people to pay attention, trying to get them to see whatever messaging was in the uh, stupid symbols and colors and, um, you know, just all the garbage that was put into it. And, but nothing... You know, nothing was real today. Now, could they be? Could there be plans for Kamala Harris to take over? Um, absolutely. I, you know, I don't even think it's. But they they don't need. Uh, I'm sure they would like to blame it on a crazed Trumper, as if that makes any sense. Like, okay, I'm going to. Um, you know, take out Joe Biden so that Kamala Harris becomes president. You know, it's not like Trump gets back in. Um, I don't know. It's it is a demoralization campaign. Um, it's also I think a, a distraction. Um, you know, I saw some tweets from a Syrian girl retweeting some some other people that said, you know, as a Muslim, I'm so honored that the new administration will be dropping bombs on my homeland. 
that this new administration will be so diverse. Will they, do they drop bombs on my homeland? Uh, it makes me feel so much better than if it was just a white a white male doing it. Um, you know, there's Kamala is black, man, and by black I mean she's African, and by African <laughs> I mean not at all. <laughs> so, you know the. Uh, no, the, not that that matters. I'm not racist. I don't care if she's African. I don't care if she's white. I don't care if she rides an ice cream truck to work every day and calls herself an American Indian. My point is that you champion that she is somehow African when she is the descendant of an East Indian and a Jamaican. Who is a well Jamaican slave and owner. The, the, a Jamaican slave owner, no less. Jamaican yeah. slave owner. <laughs> she is not African. She is yeah. as African as I am. Yeah. The end. That's it. It's just that, that the hypocrisy is so strong. It's so hard. Yeah. I tweeted out earlier today from my soon-to-be defunct Twitter account, because, yeah, I'm ending all this crap. But I just said, hashtag not my president. Am I doing this right? <laughs> somebody uh somebody quickly uh responded um i may be wrong but i think you have to over exaggerate the level at which you the oppression you are facing from this current president is. <laughs> he says but i may be wrong i'm new at this as well <laughs> you know it Just while we're talking about it, this thought occurred to me, you know, as far as having the troops there. I think they want to send the message that the only way to resist is war. Yeah. That's it. Which is certainly not the case. You know, I mean, we've got people. You're right. They're they're mad. They're upset. But can we maybe start by refusing to wear masks? Yeah. Maybe start by um, boycotting Amazon. You know, r- refusing to use to buy products from uh, companies that are are clearly globalist and um, seeking to wreck anyone with the. You know, whether it's conservative or libertarian, just anything that's not New World Order. Um, can we stop feeding them with our our dollars? Absolutely. That's my plan, man. I'm going to spend yeah. some time tonight, tomorrow, going through my phone, deleting apps of, you know, things that are owned by China, deleting social media, uh, just trying to figure out where to stop putting my money. So, you know. A lot of people talk, talking about, you know, go to Amazon, find the thing that you like, then find the, the company that makes it, and then go to their website and buy it. Right. Yeah, and the the flip side of boycotting bad companies is to try and support good companies. And there's there's plenty of them out there. And maybe you buy less stuff and you spend a little more for that stuff and you you know get some something that you can actually support so anyway yeah that's what i i think if we fall into the trap of it's either total give up or 
get out the guns. You know, I mean, what? Come on, people. What are you? What are you gonna do? There's no one. You know, shooting a government makes it bigger. That's all that it accomplishment. All that is accomplished there. That's what they want. They want to be able to play the victim. I mean, they played the victim even though they weren't victims. Um, yeah, I think the uh, uh, agorism. That's where it would be a better solution. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Did I pronounce that right? I think so. Right. Wrong guy to ask. I barely, <laughs> barely read out loud. <laughs> Speaking of me reading out loud, let's go to a story. Um, this is from, I'll read this story. <clears throat> oh no oh gosh domestic war on terror from uh, Glenn Greenwald looks like you threw one in there yeah uh, I don't um, it's a do Glenn have, Greenwald story so you don't want to read the whole thing but. Yeah, I was going to say do you want to attempt to read a Glenn Greenwald story live on the air I certainly can't we all know <laughs> that I'll, I'll mess up you know through a normal length story, certainly not a Glenn Glen Greenwall story. So he's got a picture of the National Guard troops, and he says, um, the new domestic war on terror is coming. No speculation is needed. Those who wield power are demanding it. The only question is how much opposition they will encounter. The last two weeks have ushered in a wave of new domestic policy powers and rhetoric in the name of fighting terrorism that are carbon copies of many of the worst excesses of the first war uh, on terror or war of terror would be more accurate that began nearly 20 years ago this trend shows no sign of receding as we move farther from the january 6th capital riot the opposite is true it is intensifying we've witnessed an orgy of censorship from silicon valley monopolies with calls for far more aggressive speech policing a visibly military, militarized Washington, D.C., featuring a non-ironically named Green Zone, vows from the incoming president and his key allies for a new anti-domestic terrorism bill and frequent accusations of sedition, treason, and terrorism against members of Congress and citizens. This is all driven by a radical expansion of the meaning of incitement to violence. It is accompanied by viral on social media pleas that one work with the FBI to turn in one's fellow citizens. See something, say something, and demand for a new system of domestic surveillance. So, I th you know, I think you get the idea. Um, sort of a side note, but also related. Did you see uh, the new CIA director? No. Burns? Who is it? He's been at the Carnegie Institute uh, for the last number of years. He's well-respected by both Republicans and Democrats. And uh, was the, the favorite choice by China. And China was paying part of his salary at the Carnegie Institute. Oh. Nothing to be worried about there at all. Would do you see that uh, five minutes after Biden gets sworn in, China puts sanctions on Bannon, 
Pompeo and a few others. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's... no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's going to be interesting for sure. So not good. No. All right. Uh, this is from what the heck? And we've, we've talked about this before, but just as a reminder, um, China, uh, not the least racist place in the world. We'll just oh, put it gosh. that way. <laughs> so. Yeah, keep tearing yourself. Out. And that's that's another thing, man. That's a, I'm gonna tell you what the hardest, 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 hardest part is for me. Getting on to social media, so I'm getting rid of it. But getting on there and looking at all these people who are so thrilled because so many of the conservative accounts have been removed. They feel like they've toppled a dictator by voting him out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking, going on and on about how, by the way, I didn't notice this was going to happen. And hey, for all you know, agenda listeners out there, here comes some more content. But I didn't, I guess I must have missed the memo. Jen Saki is back into the White House now. Oh, she's back. So yeah. we went straight from Obama to no, Trump, the, and now Jen Psaki is right back. She's the press secretary for the 2012 Obama administration. I mean, they're not even trying to hide it. This is Obama's third administration. Yeah, this is 100% accurate is what this is. Yeah. 100% accurate. In, which, uh, which, by the way, the Obama administration was retreads from Clinton, you know, with a few Bush holdovers. As long as you're really into war, and uh, there's probably a place for you. Yep. Yep. Anyway, but they're talking about, oh, look, Jen Psaki, look at this. This is amazing. This is what a real woman looks like. She takes command of the room. She's not being, she's not talking down to the press. This is amazing. It's. I'm so thrilled for just the bare minimum. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Do you, is she not talking down to the press? What is the press asking her? What, what, <laughs> what color socks did Biden wear today? No, the, did he, they did he remember to take his B twelve injection? They asked, would Biden be switching the color scheme on Air Force One back the oh. way it was? Oh, and these people, <laughs> these people are thr- look at this. This is what real leadership looks like. You guys are all. I don't know how long it's going to take before you get buyer's remorse. Maybe it won't even be in this next four years. Maybe it'll be later in your life. Well, maybe, it'll you- be your chi- maybe it'll be your children's life. But I bet it's a lot sooner that you start to realize that all of the things that you cheered and championed on to be taken out against the people you didn't like are going to be turned on you, especially right. Christian people who are so thrilled about this, <laughs> especially you. Because you, remember, is who everyone really hates. That you are the enemy of the deep state. You are the enemy of the only conspiracy that exists for Satan to rule the world. And the closer, and uh, maybe I'm making too many big leaps. Joe Biden gets sworn in. How does Satan rule the world from that, Tim? Well, (laughs) I can point to some pretty creepy analogies there. 
But I'm just saying, even in a macro level, even if it's years and years down the road, you can't put these people into power, champion them, shutting down dissent, and then talk to me about what a great Christian you are. It just, it drives me nuts. You are making the bed that your children are going to have to lie in. You are. And some, China doesn't like Uyghurs, okay? They don't like them, okay? And the, they put them in internment camps, okay? I can draw in, in internment camps and, you know, if uh, a rich Silicon Valley type needs a needs a donated organ and is willing to pay, they'll cut him right out of the Uyghurs. Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, these people are all in on it, okay? They don't care if China kills your kids down the road for being Christians. They don't care, okay? They don't care. They're in on this. And it's just, it's it hurts my heart in my brain to watch these people champion other voices being shut down in America. Because they're, you know why they're doing this, Andrew? Because get this, they're anti-fascists. Woo! (laughs) I'm an anti-fascist. I can do whatever I want because I have a sticker that says anti-fascist. And if I don't like you, that means you're the fascist. I'm the anti-fascist. It's in the name. Any deeper than that. (laughs) It's in the name, anti-fascist. Fascist. It's pretty easy to understand. <laughs> I don't like the fascist because it's in my name. I'm an anti-fascist. So if you're a fascist, you shouldn't have freedom of speech. You shouldn't be able to reject vaccines. You shouldn't be able to teach your your God religion to your children. You shouldn't be able to say no to abortions. You shouldn't be able to say evolution isn't science because science is real. And that's fascist. <laughs> science is real. Uh, trust the science. Send your kids to the public schools. Yeah. That's where they need to go. The public schools. We have to unlearn your kids of this backwards Jesus. This backwards anti-abortion non-evolution. You need science. There's global warming. Quit driving your car. Well, and, you know, I'll give Tucker Carlson credit. Uh, he talked He talked about... Um, he said, racism is only possible when you take God out of the equation. And he didn't talk about the Darwinian, you know, Darwin, Galton, the roots of eugenics, but that's all there. That's that's true. The same people that came up with Darwinian evolution came up with eugenics and came up with, uh, you know, some races are better than others. Because the the... Christian, or even take it beyond that, um, you know, anyone who believes God created the world and created people, um, your worth comes because you are created by God. And because of the amount of, because of your skin tone, that value doesn't change. But if you believe that we all came from uh, monkeys and that some races uh, developed at, at higher levels than others then that's where eugenics and and racism comes from but it again it it is inverted top of that when they get to the absolute tippy tip top of that like hg wells like then they just eat you 
because yeah. you're a lesser person. That's what the time machine's all about. He goes to the future, and there's an elite group of people that eat the others. And it's not metaphorical. They actually eat them. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of metaphorical, but if you look at what was really happening at Epstein Island with adrenochrome and other things, they eat them. That's that's the level of evil that we're dealing with. Once you get into no God, it's survival of the fittest. We are the so-called would-be elite, and you're not. We know what's best for you. Take this shot. You're going to do this. You're going to come out of your home when we say you can. You can go to work when we say you can. We're going to do, you know, it's not going to be COVID. It's sustainable development goals, SDGs. You can go to work here. You can go to work there. We have to quietly implode our entire economy so that China can rise as the true leader of the world. Oh. All the elites are going to be just fine. Yeah. Camelot's yeah. going to be riding around on a jet. Yeah. Greta Thunberg's going to be riding around on a jet. Gavin Newsom. God help him. I hope he gets uh, I hope, I hope he, gets, he gets recalled. Oh, it'd be so good if he gets recalled. You know, the, it, and you have to give the founding fathers credit. Clearly, we've not done well with what we've inherited from them. But at least it lasted this long with this insanely evil cabal that's been trying to tear it down for so long. Yeah. It's at least it lasted this long. Yeah. And I don't think they were Christians, by the way. A couple of them no. may have been. That'd be cool. Well, it seems like some of them could have been. But I think that they were just like straight up like, okay, if you're going to do a, a crazy... Like, remember, the, the people... Like, that was another funny thing about the six. Like, this is not what America's about. And, and before I even start this rant, I am not advocating violence in any way. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you will get killed. I think it's the wrong thing to die over. If you want to die over anything, die for Jesus. Die for expending your, your belief in Jesus. But all the people that were clutching their pearls on the six, like, this is not what America's about. <laughs> it's like, have you read the history no. books? And the answer like, is no. The answer is no. <laughs> the answer to that question is no? Yeah, because, they have not read because, history books. Because they threw tea in the harbor, stuck their middle fingers in the air, and started murdering people that came over to tell them that they needed to pay taxes. To pay taxes. And the, started the killing them. The Not first, even like line up gentleman warfare. We're all going to line up and load our muskets. Hid in the forests and just shot people for coming in their area. That's what America was founded on. People. And, and they were shooting the people, the, the uh, troops that were coming to confiscate their weapons. Because yeah. they, they said, oh, you're getting unruly. No more guns for you. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. In the, the Second Amendment. Oh, it's for muskets. It's for cannons. It's for everything. <laughs> yeah. They were holding everything. Yeah. Well, and that's the answer. I don't I don't think violence is the answer, but please with the pearl clutching and the and, and by the way, we're starting right back up with the real violence. Antifa's back. They're tearing down poli- you know, Seattle. They're tearing down Portland. You and I are both just yeah. in the suburbs of areas that, you know, are still in complete chaos. I saw a sign today that said, we don't want Biden. We want uh, repairs for police brutality, for war, for unrighteous wars or unjust wars and something else. And I'm like, I can get on board with all that. I just don't understand how smashing Starbucks is going to (laughs) help. Yeah. 
in that note, <clears throat> this man appeared on the scene recently. I don't know how you feel about him. How do you feel about Patrick Byrne now? Oh, I guess um, I think for the most part when he's talking about, I, I believe him about his experience. Um, he kind of got sucked in to some of the other stuff that may or may not be real. Um, a little less than Lynn Wood going full, <laughs> like, I'm going to believe whatever I hear. If it's bad about people I want to believe bad things about, it must be true. Um, yeah, I think I, he's worth listening to. I don't think he's a, you know, Steve Pachenik disinfo agent. Ah, Steve Pachenik, I won't miss that name. So this is from Patrick Byrne. It's called A Message to Militias Across America Regarding the Goon Left in Agent Provocateurs. Not the lingerie deep, deep capture. On the morning of January 6th, a stranger approached me and told me he was a militia member. He spoke of a concept which I was unfamiliar, the 3%, and said it was a reference to the faction of population who fought and won the first revolution. The stranger told me that there were tens of thousands of them around the country in communications on the dark web, armed and ready. He told me something that blew my mind. They know who I am and are willing to do whatever I tell them needs to be done. I just need to give the word. Then I found that statement so hard to absorb, it was difficult to respond. All I could think of telling him was that if they were willing to do what I said, then spread the word that I, was, that I said, do not go violent. We are peaceful. We are better than the other side. If we go violent, we lose. January 6th played out as it did. As things are building towards a crescendo at the moment, it is time to I give a more reasoned response. I ask any militia in patriotic Americans who read this essay to please retransmit it far and wide on Twitter, dark web, Morse codes, African drums, <laughs> and whatever means you use in the next 24 hours. A few years ago, I found myself in Moldova in Eastern Europe, conversing with a barman one evening in Chisanu. He told me of the 2009 elections. They had been rigged. A communist pro-Russian party had won the rigged election. Crowds formed around towns and cities in the Moldova or Moldova to, to protest. That's... Hundreds, of, hundreds of men uh, started drifting into Priestnu, the capital, on buses, trains, and on foot. Nondescript men who, looked, uh, who took up lodging in hostile shelters and camps on the outskirts of town. The barman said, we knew there were Russians sent by Putin. As the street protests grew, these men would infiltrate the crowds and start working them. Both following along, but also nudging the crowds, trying to turn the crowds violent. Feeding them not just to protest in front of government buildings, but rallying them up and getting them to charge to break windows and to storm government buildings. He told me that the Moldovans had caught on and resisted letting themselves be turned into violent crowds. Why? Because we had the mass of Moldovans behind us. But if we stormed the government buildings, if we attacked the police or broke windows, the middle class would have deserted us. We were fighting for their support, and we knew they were watching and trying to figure out whether or not to back us. But the middle class will never back the side that they see as violent. The ones who are going to disrupt and start the civil war, they fear more than anything. Patriotic Moldovans had to spread the word to stay disciplined, and while there were isolated instances of breaking of government windows, by and large, Moldovans had resisted letting these men lead them in that direction. 
As a result, the Moldovan general population stayed backing them, and they won. A new election was run, this time cleanly. The communist pro-Russian side got trounced, and Moldova preserved an independence from Russian hegemony. Hegemony. The French have a term for such infiltrators, agents provocateurs, uh, provoking provoking agents. It is a long-term technique of secret police tracing back to at least the days of Ranka, the secret police of the Russian Tsar. Instead of trying to defeat a mass of protesters with violence, one defeats the protesters by assaulting them with secret agents, agent provocateurs, who provoke the crowds of the protesters into doing things that will lose the support of the middle classes. In the days and weeks leading up to January 6th, I warned crowds on numerous occasions not to turn violent. I told them that we should do so, that we should not do so, because first, we're better than that, and we are better than the goons who have been burning cop cars and police stations for the last nine months, and we are going to show it to America. But second, I told the people, if we turn violent, it is the one thing we can do that will ensure that we lose. Perhaps I should have given this history lesson to explain my reasoning. In any case, it looks to me like the terrible events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol were to a substantial degree playing out of just such a plan on the part of the goon left. Every day brings more evidence of the possibility uh, of, of this He's possibility. He's got Sullivan chat logs that we, we talked about that story last week. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yes, it is sinister of them to have done that, but it is weak and undisciplined for those of the pro-Constitution side to let themselves be led to the storm the Capitol the way they were. In the next few days, there's going to be ample opportunity to remember this lesson. Patriots in America are forming uh, and congregating at state capitals. I want you to remember that the true purpose of this mission is to win and keep the hearts and minds of the vast bulk of the citizenry for whom we are fighting to preserve our way of life as a constitutional republic and not being taken over by the goon left. Tempting as it may be to squash the little latte boys like bugs, I urge my fellow patriotic Americans to resist that urge and to remember what the ultimate goal is. We are to keep the American middle on our side. This is all about narratives. I know that in any of these standoffs that are about to occur, you could crush the other side in a New York minute if you wanted to. And as satisfying as it would be to do to the latte boys, if the result is endless TV news cycles of militias composed of bullies with American flags beating up hardless Americans, we have lost and Nancy Pelosi will have won. So the goal at this time must be for our side to keep the moral high ground. The First Amendment covers covers us too. We get the right to peaceably assemble too. But unlike the goon left, we do so in a disciplined, controlled, non-mob-like way. The other side will try to provoke us, but we are like Shaolin monks. We walk past barking dogs, as Master Kim, my martial arts master, told me so many decades ago. When a dog barks at you, you don't feel the need to bark back at it or to run over and kick the dog. You walk past the barking dog. Similarly, in the days and weeks and months ahead, as we constitutionally oriented Americans publicly make our own positions known, we do not get into screaming matches with the goon left. We do not let our tempers rise. We let them bark all the while while we maintain discipline, poise, and calmness. And that is how we show the American people who we are and who the goons really are. This is how we win. Yeah, that was good. So I think, I think uh, good advice there. And uh, right after inauguration, uh, they in Arizona they said, "Okay, we'll let you audit the Maricopa County election stuff." So, 
And I, cool. you know, I, I think it's important to do, you know, it like, yes, it, it doesn't help with this election, but you have to, you have to go through the hard work of showing what happened. And I think, you know, if you're sympathetic, you've already looked into it and seen what happened. Um, but you got to keep, you know, you got to keep pushing if you want to actually have uh, act, have voting matter in the country. And it, elections have it. This was not the first rigged election. I, I see that uh, posted sometimes, too. It's like, no, this was just the most overtly rigged election. I don't think it was the the first one. No, yeah, exactly. And that's that became very evident as time went on. I think it's just the most overtly rigged, and I think it's the first time we noticed how rigged it was. I think, you know, you and I have talked about feeling like the elections were always rigged, and, you know. But I think this we kind of learned the actual means by with which it's right. been rigged, and about for how long. And, it, you know, I think it's, it's important that people stay on that i saw sydney powell dropped her lawsuit which was probably just a financial deal uh it was basically an agreement that she would drop the lawsuit in georgia and they wouldn't go after her for uh attorney fees yeah the billion dollar lawsuit i thought about that a little bit and you know what they what they're going to do, they sued her for defamation. Uh, well, those are, D- those Dominion who sued her. That's not the one I'm talking about. But Right. Yeah. But in that lawsuit, you know, she, they're what they're going to do, I can almost guarantee you, they're going to overpower her in that they're going to have so many other attorneys just put her through all this rigmarole. And then they're going to get her to settle for like $1 undisclosed right. amount so that she doesn't have to continue fighting this and they won't ruin her life anymore. And then they're going to turn around and point to that and say, look, you know, even Sidney Powell had to settle out of court with us for an undisclosed amount. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a little ironic because this is what happened with Lynn Woods, uh, lawsuits for Sandman and, you know, these media companies settled for uh, undisclosed amounts out of court. And then it's, you know, there's rumors that it's a lot of money. And then other people say it's not a lot of money. And, you know, who knows? Lawyers are expensive. When, you know, only the lawyers win in lawsuits. Yeah, Absolutely. You you get the cancer from the Monsanto product, but the lawyers get all the settlement money. So I I got a couple of just little shorties here. Um, okay. Hospital that my uh, oldest daughter was born in mm-hmm. is now called uh, Virginia Mason Memorial in Yakima, mm-hmm. and uh, I threw in a story, which we don't have to read, but it's just a hyping the vaccine mm-hmm. article. Yeah, come so, on, home of Jay Inslee. 
Yeah, yeah, just outside in a it's from uh Sela, a little suburb there. Mm. Um so they not only uh, they didn't fully require employees to get vaccinated. Okay. Um, but they uh, paid them to get vaccinated. And then they, you know, basically made it rough on you if you don't. Like, oh, there will be accommodations for those who aren't vaccinated. And this, which they've been doing for years oh you don't want the flu shot okay well you have to wear a mask all the time then yep that's that's where the where mask things started even though wearing a mask doesn't work with flu virus or or covid but whatever um but they i haven't found the um the total documentation for it yet just anecdotally because we we know um nurses at that hospital um part of the part of the deal is that they have to post their like i got the shot today on uh social media oh yeah so when you see those because i'll bet you people will see them all over the place that is a it's a pr campaign and they're getting paid to do that. Like, okay, you got to get the shot. And I don't know what the dollar amount is, uh, but know that that's <laughs> it's definitely happening. And th- this is a uh, propaganda slash PR. You know, Bernays would be proud. Like, yes, oh, yeah. have the nurses get it, and they should post on social media pictures of them with their vaccine certificates. Have yeah, you seen those? Have you seen those pictures? Uh, I don't, I think maybe I've seen one like a, like a sticker. I got my vaccine or whatever. Like the actual, like, you know, CDC vaccination certificate thing. No, I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, keep an eye out for it. Although you, you're eliminating social media, so yeah. I was gonna say. <laughs> on the other, on the other hand, I don't know if you know Andrew, but uh, four out of five doctors smoke Lucky Strikes. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, good old, good old Bernays there. Oh. oh, yes. You know, cigarette smoking obviously bad, but. They were right about sugar being bad. <laughs> that was another um, tobacco company campaign. Right. Saying, the, like, grab a swisher instead of a, a sweet, you know. Oh, interesting. Like, sh- sugar's not good for you. Smoke a cigarette instead. That's why you got to vape, bro. Vape it up. <laughs> I, I, don't uh, vape. I don't vape for anybody else out there. I'm just, I'm just cracking <laughs> jokes here. It's, it is big in to, the Northwest. There's oh, there is a lot yeah. of vaping. A lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of vaping. Vaping by uh, Subaru WRX drivers <laughs> who slam monsters and yeah. wear Seahawks gear. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> not here, there, there. Sorry. Well, that's not what I wanted. There's one Pessimism other thing. Knows no bounds tonight. One. Uh, let's do this. One more uh, vaccine story. This is a, a first-person account. Uh, my Pfizer COVID vaccine story. I have waited to post my story out of fear of negative comments. Therefore, I'm asking you to please don't leave a negative comment because this is this is my story. Thanks. I was excited to be chosen to receive the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. I've been a nurse for 20 years and love what I do for my community. I felt that everyone in my life, including my patients, family, as well as myself, would benefit if I re- received the vaccine. After all, what could be so bad about a vaccine? I believe vaccines are good. I'm healthy, no health conditions, and no allergies. On 12 on uh, December 18th, I go to the designated station, pull up my right sleeve, and receive the injection. I think, that wasn't so bad. Then I leave to go to the waiting area for 15 minutes to make sure no reactions occur. As I was in the elevator going down, only one floor, to the seating area, I felt some dizziness. I think to myself that I just stepped wrong in the elevator. I get to the floor and was greeted from a nurse that asked me to wait for a minute to be seated. I then felt a big wave of dizziness come over my body. I asked if I could sit now as I was feeling really dizzy and my legs feel like noodles. The nurse said, yes, sit anywhere you like. I sat down and she asked how I was feeling. I said, kind of dizzy and weird, but I don't think it's anything. A sweet girl sitting across from me said to me, it's not in your head. I feel the same thing. We looked at each other with a bewildered look in our eyes. Then the girl sitting across from me said that, She was starting to feel a tickle in her throat. A few minutes later, I started feeling the same, a tickle in my throat. We both agreed that it probably wasn't anything and maybe we needed to drink some water. Next, she said to the nurse that she's feeling fullness in her throat. The medical personnel quickly took her away to one of the two back rooms to possibly start an IV. I sat there alone when I also started feeling a fullness in my throat and I looked around but didn't see anyone. Then the physician came up and asked how I was feeling. I told her I feel fullness in my throat also. With the deer in the headlight look on my face, she took me to the other room in the back, just just in case we need to start an IV. An IV? For what? I was confused and thought I'm okay, just feeling a little strange. I go to the back room and blood pressure showed 187 by over 100 and pulse 120. I was asked by all personnel if I had HTN, uh, I don't know, do you know what HTN is? I don't know. Uh, allergies, allergies or allergies to the flu vaccine? I said no. Uh, the fullness in my throat quickly escalated to feeling like I was being choked with extreme heat inside my body that started at my throat, waved down my abdomen and back up. That's when I got an IV, Benadryl, uh, Salumadrol, and my first injection of epinephrine. Now my blood pressure and heart rate was even higher, and I started shaking uncontrollably due to the EPI. I stare at the ceiling and feel this is surreal and not me. I still don't quite realize what's happening until the medical person standing on my left asks the physician on my right, is she having an anaphylactic, or she's having an anaphylactic reaction, isn't she? The physician on my left says, yes, she is. 
The physician says to me, your O2 stats are good, therefore you are breathing, so try not to be scared and keep talking to me. He holds my hands, telling me not to worry and that he's got this and I'm going to be fine. He then says, your voice sounds raspy. Can you try to talk louder? I could not talk any louder. As my fingertips turn blue, tears start coming down from my eyes and my symptoms get worse. I began feeling like I was drowning. I tell him it's getting worse and I feel like I'm drowning. That's when I got the second epinephrine injection. My body continued shaking, but even worse. Then finally, but slowly, the strangulation halted and my symptoms started getting better. It was going away. I could breathe a little better now. My voice starts getting stronger. Once I was out of danger, I realized I'd been there for an hour as I was wheeled to a hospital bed to wait for my body to regain normalcy again. It was 8 p.m. when I finally, I think she got the vaccine about 12.30 in the afternoon. It was 8 p.m. when I finally left the hospital. The other girl that had the anaphylactic reaction like me went to the ICU, so I felt lucky to be going home. I felt awful still with a horrible headache. I couldn't walk 20 steps without um, without being, I, I think it's a typo, and my throat felt like I had been kicked. My wonderful daughter picked me up as I couldn't drive and helped me recuperate. This was by far the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I trust vaccines and medicine and couldn't believe what happened to me. I wanted to tell my story so you could hear a true story from someone who lived through an anaphylaxis reaction after receiving the COVID vaccine. The first pick is when I sat and felt dizzy, and the second pick was right before I was discharged. I was saved not only by great healthcare personnel and medicine, but also by the grace of God. Thank you, God, for saving my life. Um, and then it says, feel free to, to share, and it's got pictures over there. So... I don't want to discredit God. God is definitely what saved her. God is in control of everything and can save people in any situation. However, two shots of epinephrine in a couple hour period will keep your heart beating no matter what. So, um, this, uh, so that's the first person, um, story of what it was like. Um, Anaphylaxis is, uh, it is mentioned as a side effect. If, you know, when I looked on the hospital's uh, union website, they had a helpful, like, um, please see this article about the vaccines and how they work uh, from the Washington Post. And it talked about, like, yes, you, you know, some people might have, anaphylaxis but it's okay just make sure you're somewhere where they can give you epinephrine (laughs) no like oh it's no big deal you just feel like you're drowning and you might end up in the icu so seems seems good uh seems normal and this is uh you know that's a survivor they haven't all been survivors they're killing people off left and right with this thing you know, I think part of the reason they didn't give it to all old people initially is they knew the death rate's going to be super high um, in older populations. Basically, you know, I'm I'm looking for evidence that it's um, more difficult to survive <laughs> COVID than the COVID vaccine. 
Yeah, and it, and it even seem to be. No, it doesn't. And it, even even the best case scenario, the literature is saying it's just going to lessen the symptoms when you get them, and not make it just as severe. It's like, dude, just give it to me. Can I go hug someone with COVID and get this over with? I want it. If if I'm the, ready. If you're in good enough shape where the you're going to be fine with the vaccine, you're going to be fine with the Rona. Absolutely. That's a good point. But that, that is a good point. You know, Fauci's got uh, vaccine money to rake in. So you don't you. listen to anything else I say in this podcast of me rambling and ranting. Ten thousand IU's of vitamin D three per day. Ten thousand IU's vitamin D three per day. It affects your mood. It affects your metabolism, and it affects your immune system. They say that's too many. And by the way, that's a conspiracy that you and I should really dig deep into. The only thing out there, the only vitamin out there, which, by the way, is responsible for all of the important functions of your immune system, the only one that's extremely helpful in all those ways is also the only one that if you look it up, they talk about, be careful, you can overdose on it. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been thinking about well, this a and, lot. And they shut down places that, well, I guess they do the... You're talking about vitamin C. I know C. they do high-dose vitamin C. Yeah. yeah. No, so D3, you don't do that. D3, it's actually... Eh, you want to really get conspiratorial. It appears that uh, many of the new uh, vaccines uh, use a chemical that uh, prevents uh, D3 metabolization. Mm. Well, it makes perfect sense why they told us to stay inside, right? Oh, yeah. You know. The real conspiracy... conspiracy Go ahead. Don't get any sunshine. We're not going to mention, like, hey, since we're making you stay inside, you probably want to take a vitamin D supplement. Uh, there's no consideration of the fact that, you know, they, oh, it must be racist healthcare systems why this impacts, uh, you know, minority communities more than Caucasians. It's like, well, could there be any other possibilities other than racist doctors? Just going to say vitamin D could be, could be a factor there. Absolutely. So... Yeah, the real conspiracy theorists are the ones who think that the government is is good, and that the healthcare professionals <laughs> and the drug companies want to heal you, and you know all of those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm not even worried about the vaccine. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not I'm not in line to take it. I don't think anybody should that I know. At least, you know, I think actually, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. I think it's a personal issue that everybody should look into and decide for themselves what to do. What I'm more, most concerned about is next year. I am concerned that next year, next coronavirus season, which by the way, is just a flu and cold season. Um, I want to see how these people all respond. Cause that's what really worries me. Mm-hmm. The, the catching it in the wild part because that part they never figured out how to get through in the trials right so the the solution this time was we just won't uh we'll just rush it out there and we won't do those that part of the trial 
because um, which is all well and good. When they tried when they tried coronavirus vaccines going way back to the sixties, and then whether in animal testing or they gave it to some kids and some kids died, um, when you are then exposed to either the same virus or a similar coronavirus, you get it worse. And way back at the very beginning, we talked about that uh, study that had been done that looked at people who had gotten flu shots and then how they responded basically to other viruses other than the flu, and they were more susceptible to them. Yep, extremely. Yeah, yeah. and that was because of... uh... Gosh, who was that? Was that Minkowitz? But they were basically, they looked at uh, military. So military is forced to get the flu shot every year. And they found that military was a good way to look into this whole thing mm-hmm. and see that, you know, that is, that, that's a good population that you can guarantee got the flu virus. Well, they were this much more uh, likely to get the coronavirus. It was like two, three, four, five, I think maybe 10 times. Yeah, I mean, Bill Gates is just up there in his little sweater trying to kill off as many of us as he can. And people in, uh, you know, <laughs> it is it is maddening. It's like, yeah, I'd, I don't know. Yeah, he's in his sweater, just chilling. That's how, that's how he rolls. In a sweater, unmasked. <laughs> unmasked. Oh, that's true. Um, where to from here? Do we wrap? Do we? Where do we go? Oh, let's give an update. Uh, we're big fans of the court report. Court report appears to be locked out of his YouTube account, which continues on. And Chris White's going to talk about this on his podcast. He just put out this afternoon. I was listening to part of that. We are being censored. And uh, it's going to get to a point where there won't be any more alternative media. Here's the truth. I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to give it to you straight, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) We've been whooping their butt. Yeah. With alternative media. Yeah. Whooping them. Circles around them. That's what they learned. Everybody sat home, got on Twitter, got on Facebook in March and April and said, this is all baloney. What are we even doing at home? And they had to pull the plug on the whole idea. Ah, get them out of their houses. Get them on social media. Back to work. Get Back the to sports work. started again. Yeah, get the sports started up. Back to work. Back to work. Gosh, they know about Epstein. They know about everything. <clears throat> now they're going to figure out how to shut that down. And they have the blessing of, not only the blessing of the coercion, the coercion, the comp, the, 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 the partnership of big tech, okay? I was okay trading Twitter, a little bit of privacy for a little bit of entertainment and in uh, conversation. But now it's just not just privacy, but you hate me. You don't <laughs> like me. You want to censor me. You don't like what I stand for. I can't, I can't, I will not comply. But my point, ladies and gentlemen, is we've been whooping their butts. And nobody's watching the TV anymore. Actually, there are people that are watching the TV anymore. And unfortunately, they're the loudest. Walk around, look around. You can see them. Yes, I'm <laughs> talking about you, lady, who is at the park outdoors today. And as soon as my son and I walked up, said you had to go get your masks in your car and get them <laughs> out. And then treat my son like he has the plague. 
That's who I'm talking about. You people who are all still watching the television. Well, there aren't that many of them. There's enough, but there's not that many. Yeah. Because alternative media has been whooping their butts. And podcast is getting more and more popular. So stick to this podcast. Stick to the No Agenda podcast. Stick to James Corbett and the Corbett Report podcast. As long as we're all here, keep listening to those things to disseminate your news. Get off social media. I mean, I'm three, four steps away from getting rid of my phone. I don't know how, you know, just, I'm sure that, you know, the pendulum swung pretty far one way. I'm sure I'll calm down and it'll, it'll <laughs> swing back a little bit here. But it, it just, you know, they're going to crack down now. And it's, it's going to be under the guise of white supremacy or domestic terror. Uh, they, they've been wanting to do this ever since the first Patriot Act. Come after you for the, oh, you're a domestic terrorist. You don't mm-hmm. believe the party line. You think that, you know, all politicians are bad. You have guns. You believe in the Second Amendment and the First Amendment. You think Black Lives Matter is bad. You know, those sort of things. Yeah. Yep. So go to, you know, CorbettReport.com directly. Yep. Uh, if you are used to seeing his videos pop up on your YouTube feed, because he is making stuff, but it won't be popping up on your YouTube feed, at least for a while. Yep. So. Go to uh, BibleProphecyTalk.com for, uh, for Chris White's stuff. Go to NoAgendaShow.com for No Agenda. Chris White, he's talking about trying to get everybody on proton mail and start just trying to find ways that's encrypted so they can't come after you and shut you down. Hmm. Um, I think that those are uh, all good tips. Mine would be just uh, delete your social. And I was talking to a guy today or yesterday, a customer from my from my work, who had nothing to do with anything, who told me he had recently deleted all his social media as well. He had nothing to do with the show, was not a friend, or I never spoke to him before. And he talked about having deleted his entire show, like his, I mean, his entire uh, social media. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's an argument to be made. I don't know if we're going to be able to, we don't have time really to do that now uh, here. There's an argument to be made to go with uh, deleting ours or, or to, to continue to make noise and resist. Hashtag resist. Hashtag not my president. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, am I doing you know, this right? <laughs> and we could, we could even try, you know, doing some of the stuff that James Corbett's been talking about for 10 years. <laughs> solutions, you know. huh? Yeah. Doing some, do some solutions. Gosh, I, I was part of a solutions episode doing the, uh, the old open source intelligence, open source uh, software. Hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You did a Linux. You had the Linux for a while. Saw a tweet I earlier. Did. Probably should shouldn't share this or could should, but uh, just said uh, six years ago we let gays get married, and now we have a transgender health secretary. <laughs> they only wanted to, they only wanted uh, you know to to. Be able to get married just like everyone else, Tim. That's all they wanted. They didn't want to, you know, uh, call you a, a call you a crazy uh, lunatic for not wanting a 
man in a dress reading to your kid at the local library. <laughs> and see, but see, as a, you know, I got to get back to my roots. That's another thing. I got sucked into this whole Trump thing because Trump kept saying, you know, the, the Trumpers and the QAnon, they all kept saying, God wins, God wins, pray for this, pray for that. And they kept saying, God wins. And it's like, yeah, he does. But like, not necessarily guaranteed for your political opponent right now during your lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he talks about coming back, robe covered in blood, sword out of his mouth. Like, yeah, he wins. Like, he going to win. People yeah. will pay. You're going to have to stand up and, and, and respond for the things that you have done. He wins. But not necessarily for Trump right now. Like, that's not right. related. I don't know how all these people got it related. Made me understand a little bit more where Dr. Future was coming from with his book and his stuff. These people all got super confused. I don't think Dr. Future understood the Trump voter as well as I think he could have. But I understand where he's coming from. There's too many people here. Oh, this is gonna. This is it. Trump plus God going to save us all. <laughs> no. Yeah. The answer yeah. is no. Well, it, kind of the same thing, you know... Biblical prophecy, what's going to happen with Israel, God's going to protect Israel. All true, <laughs> but important to remember that America is not God. <laughs> also, that unless they're part of the Western Alliance, which seems unlikely, not in the book of Revelation. Yeah, we'd, so, at, at some point, uh, we kind of cease to exist before the before the end here. But Yeah. And as Chris White was just saying in his podcast, I still don't see anybody getting on the throne and calling themselves the abomination of desolation in in Israel. Right. So we're not even in the end times. So yeah. can you imagine what it was like when the Roman Empire fell after being around for a thousand years? I bet they all thought it was the end times. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Always, empires always fall the same way, too. Well, how's that? Well, just the, you know, like the transgender health secretary. The, you had all that weird stuff going on in Rome, too. Yeah, yeah. It's Boys like in the bathhouses. You, you want to you be, if you want to resist, uh, you know... Taking up arms is is down the road for now. Maybe uh, raise a family, yeah. eat some healthy food, figure out a way to avoid giving a, the bulk of your paycheck to China. Those yeah. are all, you know. Yep. True resistance. The, the CCP, I should say. Yes. True resistance is to get married, have children, stay married. Yes. Believe in God. Pray. Save your money. Buy Bitcoin? I don't know. <laughs> it, it was a good idea, you know. I wish I had. Bro, I now. remember talking my buddy out of buying it when it was like 20 cents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember? Like, James Cor Corbett did a podcast. He had some guy on the show. He was like, I'm going to travel all the way. He was like some weirdo, right? He's like, I'm going to travel all the way across the country. And all I'm going to use is Bitcoin. Hmm. Dude probably spent in today's dollars like 
fifty million dollars to get back <laughs> balance. Yeah. <laughs> to get well, back but, and forth across the country. So someone was interviewing Max Kaiser and they're like, you know, our viewers want to know, like, how much Bitcoin do you have? And he's like, you know, they're like, can you give us a range? He's like, well, I started buying it when it was a dollar a Bitcoin. <laughs> so, you know, a lot. But... <laughs> But he said, why would I want to trade Bitcoin back in for dollars? Bitcoin's better. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, Maxi, I haven't listened to him in a long time. I haven't looked at <laughs> financials in a long time. How do you, what do you think of this? The, the financial crisis, and it, uh, I haven't read enough on this to really speak intelligently right now. But, you know, I kind of pulled out when the market didn't make any sense to me. And they just started injecting funny money into it in March. Mm-hmm. I pulled all my my assets out and just kind of sat back other than, other than my 401k trying to figure out what in the world's happening. Um, it, it feels like this might be just a cover for for what was going to be a, a gigantic bank failure, like a complete meltdown of the financial system. And this is a way to keep the the all the plates spinning without having to come to Jesus, as it were, with uh their 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 insolvency problems their uh, uh collateral what's the word uh equity they had a, they had right. an equity crisis like, well it's everything is so far disconnected from the actual economy yeah you know like when i say actual economy i mean you know actual small businesses not doing so well those don't exist anymore. And buddy. so when Trump's, a, you know, oh hey, stock market, blah, it's like, well, okay, I, I, I'm aware that Amazon is doing quite well. Right. <laughs> um, but the reason they're doing quite well is because all their competition uh, is going out of business en masse. So that's, you know, really, it's like, I don't know. How many companies are actually doing well? Not very many, but they're huge. Yeah, the ones that are. Yeah. Yeah. And the the price to earnings ratio is so far out of whack, it's you know, kind of laughable, but I don't know. Yeah, it it seems like a house of cards, but what do I know? You know, yeah. I I I bought a house in 2008, uh, right before the crash. You know, I bought gold at the wrong time. Didn't buy Bitcoin, so <laughs> don't don't listen to me. Do you, there's, so there's some people at my work. They all voted for not all. There's a couple people at my work who voted for Biden because they're gonna get their student loans canceled. Did you hear <laughs> the Did you hear the student loan thing? Supposedly, the framework is you have to make less than forty thousand dollars a year, and he'll only forgive up to ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they won't even do that. Oh my gosh, ten grand! Wow. <laughs> Enjoy your eighty to one hundred fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt. Yeah, you, underwater basket. People leader. that haven't been uh, paying their student loans for the last three years and. The ten grand probably won't even cover the late fees. 
Oh, I haven't been paying since this, the coronavirus started. So, do you still have any? No, I paid them off. See, Agreed. another stupid. Instead of buying Bitcoin, I paid off my student loans. <laughs> See, you're intelligent. You're conservative and intelligent. Conservative with your money. Anyway, I have a very minimal amount, but I quit paying it in March because they froze all. They froze everything. Like all interest rates are frozen, payments mm. are frozen. You don't have to do anything. Like, yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom for us, Andrew? When you abolish God, the government becomes God. So don't let the government become God. All right. Well, that's it. I think we'll uh, we'll end it there. We'll come back next week. Uh, get outside. Get some vitamin D. Hug your children. Read the Bible. Look at uh, the world is a beautiful place. Don't get marred down in all this baloney that's happening in the world around us. We have a long road ahead of us. And uh, hashtag resist. <laughs> a copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Remember that this all, it's kind of weird when you step outside and you really start looking around, look at the mountains and the trees and all the stuff that God made. And you're like, all that stuff really only exists on my phone. (laughs) Why do I have this thing? Right.